now. Uh, turn with me to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis 37 and begin reading in verse 17. The Bible says, uh, the man said, they are departed hence, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. Joseph was finding his brothers and talking to this man. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. When they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired to, against him to slay him. And they said to one another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and he said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. Came to pass, when Joseph was come into his brethren, into his brethren, they stripped him out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. Amen. I want to talk to you, preach to you today about uh, walls and worship. Walls and worship. Turn to a few people and greet them and shake their hands as you're seated today. Amen. It's been it's been quite the week. Uh, it interrupted with uh, the another hurricane. Thankfully, it wasn't uh, as bad as they were saying for us. Uh, but obviously, that means other people, and, and we see what happened on the east coast up there. Uh, the devastation and and thing beaches washed away, um, and you just you just never really know. You always got to be prepared because. Uh, you never know what comes your way. I mean, uh, a, a week ago, before Nicole, we had no idea what was going to happen, and all of a sudden things just start moving and, and happening in, uh, uh, in the world around us, and uh, we always got to be ready for anything, especially down here in Florida in, in Hurricane Alley, but uh, our thoughts and our prayers go out to anyone up there who has experienced devastation as we are... Uh, familiar with such things, um, but we know that uh, God is in control even when things seem to be going out of, out of control. Even when this world is spinning and spiraling uh, uh, away from God, we know that God's plan is going to happen at some point and in some form or fashion, God is at work. We may not always see what he is doing, but we have to trust and believe that he is in control. 
He may not speak the loudest. The, the politicians and, and, and governments and, and, and news agencies, they have a loud voice in this world, but that's okay uh, because we're listening for a still small voice. We're listening for the voice of God. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to listen to and, and be sensitive to is what God is saying. And uh, we always got to be prepared for uh, whatever comes our way because one day can be sunshine and the next day things can be washed away. One day you can be driving down the road, and the next day all of a sudden something appears, a pothole appears on the road that wasn't there before. But we got to make sure that we're always watching and ready uh, because we are not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. As much as we plan for it and think it's coming, uh, we're still, there's no guarantee that tomorrow is coming. Or if it does come, there's no guarantee that we'll be in that tomorrow. Uh, and so we have to be ready. It's, the Bible says now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today is the day to get a hold of God. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today is the day of salvation. And so we got to make sure we find God and get a hold of him. And, and not just feel his presence like we felt here and feel in this place. But the goal is, is what God wants to do is not for you to come into this place to feel his presence, but God wants to get his presence inside of you. That way he lives inside of you. That way everywhere we go, God is with us because he is in us. And how do we do that? We got to repent of our sins. We got to turn from those ways, our life, uh, and turn to God. We got to get baptized in Jesus' name as Jesus commanded us to do, to be born of water and of the Spirit and be born again and being filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you haven't done any of those things, uh, today is a good day. And really, today is the only day because, as I said, we are not promised tomorrow. And so if we have an opportunity to get a hold of Jesus, we might as well do it and grab him tighter than ever before because I don't know about you, I need Jesus a whole lot more today than I did yesterday. Uh, I need him more tomorrow. If he permits me to be in the world tomorrow, I got to get a hold of him. I got to find him because I don't trust this world. I don't trust what's happening out in this world, but I trust Jesus. I trust his word that I can stand upon that and I need to get a hold of him and we all need to get a hold of him. Amen. So if you're holding back or waiting for some event, to hit you in the face, to say, well, now's the time to get ready, but I, I'm not sure what to tell you, but the moment that you are waiting for may not come. It may not come. But we have this moment today, and all that we can promise is this moment right now, and don't leave here the same way that you came. Leave here with Jesus in your life. Leave him with your heart in the hands of Jesus and grab a hold of that altar and, and fall down at the foot of the cross because this is the only time that we have. Romans 13 and 11 and says, and, and that knowing the time, that now it is the high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. The return of Jesus is a lot closer than it was yesterday, and that is where our salvation comes, and, and that is where he's going to pull us out of this world and to be with him for all of eternity. I don't know about you, but I want that day to come a lot sooner. I'm, I'm looking for him, looking for the 
return of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ because I want to be with him and not in this world anymore. And so whether that be through the grave or through the rapture, both events get closer as each day expires. And we don't want to go by the way of the grave, but, uh, you know, if it be so, that is the way we are we all have an appointment with death unless God intervenes. Uh, and so we'd much rather take heaven's express. Uh, but that too happens in an instant, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, quicker than a chariot of fire. And so you gotta, we got to be ready for that happening if that's what we're looking for. Our bags had better be packed, our spiritual bags, and our, we better have some oil in our lamp because when he turns at the sound of the trumpet, it's going to be a moment. It's going to be, we don't have time to run to the altar. We don't got time to run to the baptismal tank. No, we got to get a hold of him now because any moment that could happen and I don't want to be left behind uh, and left back into this world. I want to be with Jesus. And so we need to make sure that we are preparing ourselves and our soul uh, to meet the Lord. And so um, uh, we, uh, uh, we don't know what's coming and, and what happens and what pitfalls or our potholes may just show up in uh, the road of that we're taking on. Uh, but all of a sudden it, it can just appear out of nowhere. And really, that's kind of what a pit is. It's a, it's a place that you just kind of get stuck in all by yourself. Hopefully, your car doesn't get stuck in a pit, but it, it happens. Uh, hopefully, the pothole you hit isn't too deep that it doesn't mess up your tires and, and rims and your steering and all that, and then you're really stuck. But uh, a pit is obviously a, a deep place. Um, where once you fall into it, it's not like you can get yourself out. If it was, uh, if you can get yourself out, then it, it's it's just a, a hole or something, or a shallow pit, or I guess we can call it a shallow pit, but I'm trying to talk about a deep pit today, uh, ones that when you fall into it, like you're, you're there for a while and you can't get out because the walls around you are much higher uh, and you can't get out unless somebody else helps you out of that. Uh, how many have been in situations where you're just falling into a pit and God, I can't get myself out and and uh, we, we may look for others to help, and they may be there or not. But, hey, if I fall into a pit, I know somebody that I can always call upon to reach a hand into my life and my situation, and that is Jesus Christ. I'm going to look up, look up to the hills where it cometh my help. It comes from the Lord. Amen. And so uh, whenever the walls start showing up in your life, don't look at the walls. Look to Jesus. Don't keep your eyes off the walls and begin to worship him and let him come in help relieve you out of that situation the problems is is when you get into a pit and you start looking at the walls it seems either they start feeling like they start closing in on you or they start to get taller Either the pit is sinking or the walls are getting taller. Whatever it, whatever it feels like, it feels like you're not getting out of that situation. 
and it doesn't matter. Uh, you got politicians, they promise to lower the walls and to help you out, but those things never, it only seems like the walls get bigger and the pit gets deeper. That's why we can't trust uh, the politicians or officials or government. No, we're going to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ uh, because he'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll never fail us. He's always going to be there, and we can put our hope and our faith and trust in him because he will be there. A pit can be like a prison or a dungeon. It's really a pit or a place that you don't want to be. And they stink and they, they're, they're not pleasant, like an armpit. It's the reason why I call it armpit. It's not pleasant, right? Nothing good about an armpit. And it happened to be have pit in it, right? Couldn't. And so um, it's, uh, a pit is a dry place. It's because uh, it, it, if, well, if there's water in there, then it's a well. And then that's, that's a different situation. At least you got water to drink. Uh, but a lot of times a pit is dried out and, and there's no water in there and it's barren. It's like you're all, you've been sucked into a vacuum in your own little wilderness that you get to enjoy all by yourself, a pit. Uh, there are most likely won't be bottles of chilled water waiting for you to partake where you're in the pit. If you keep on digging, maybe you'll turn that pit into a well, but I guess that can be another sermon for another day. Uh, but where are you going to put all that dirt? That's the problem. You can dig, but the dirt's staying with you. Uh, and so the walls seem like they get getting taller. But pits can be a deadly place if you don't get out of it. Nothing really uh, inherently bad about a pit. Obviously, it's a place in your life where you've, where you've been, you just stepped into it in a situation, and uh, it is what it is, uh, but it, it can become a deadly place if you don't get out of it. Uh, we all fall into pits, and we never know what's lying ahead for us, but uh, if we are in a pit or we do fall in a pit, the one thing we got to understand is uh, this thing is not going to be temporary, or this thing is not going to be permanent. It's going to be temporary. I don't plan on living in a pit. I plan on doing whatever I got to do to get out of that pit and worship my way out of that, and, and so those walls begin to shrink in my life because I'm calling on somebody who can reach down and lift me up out of that pit and uh, set my feet on a rock to stay. Uh, and so uh, the, there's nothing attractive about a pit. It's a place that no one desires to be. And yet there are people today that probably in a pit of some sort. There's all kinds of pits, different scenarios, and, you know, they, uh, they all apply to different things. But uh, we're somehow, sometimes you're just walking and everything is fine. Then all of a sudden you just step into and fall into a pit and you don't know how you got in there. Uh, but the one thing to understand and believe that, hey, uh, I'm not going to make this pit my home. I'm going to find a way out. And if I have to worship and call on God, he's going to make a way to get me out of that pit. Uh, and so uh, some may have been in your pits for so long you start 
to believe the dirt walls, that this is the new way it's going to be. I I defy that type of thinking because God hasn't called us to live in a pit. God has called us to the mountaintop. And yeah, there may be pits and valleys along the way, but hey, I'm not staying here in this place. I'm not staying in this darkness with this droll uh, droll thinking and, 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 and depression and all these things that can arrive and survive and live in a pit, but I'm going to make my way out of this pit. And so God has called us not to live in the lowly pits of life, but he's called us to the high places. He's called us to prosperity and to live uh, with him and to be uh, the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And so we cannot, you can't really be that very effectively if you uh, are, are stuck in a pit. Psalms 1 and 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That is where the people of God are called to, to to live and to flourish and to prosper in that type of setting. And nowhere does it say that we are uh, to take up residence in our pit. But we are to be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. That's where the life is. That's where God is. That's where he's calling us. And so if you're not there yet, don't don't get discouraged. You got to make sure you're on your way. Keep on moving forward. Doesn't matter what things look like around you. Hey, if you're not by the riverside, don't give up yet because that's where God is calling you. We got to make sure we're pushing forward and not settling for where we are but we're desiring more. We want more of God and more of righteousness and we'll be filled if we continue to seek after him. And so we are to be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water, but sometimes uh, we look around and we don't really see that. Maybe we all always see is just walls and and dirt walls around us and maybe we're in a, a pit or a valley and that's the problem being in a pit is it's dry and barren. It, it kind of, it, it works against you. It begins to, to dehydrate you and, and to slowly kind of drain your faith because uh, you're, you're in this place that you don't think you should be. I'm a, I'm a child of God. I shouldn't be in this valley or I shouldn't be in this pit. Well, we got to get our mindset right because uh, wherever we are doesn't change who God is. If I'm in the valley, God is still God. If I'm in a pit, God is still God. He is still in control. Just because my circumstances changed and shifted doesn't mean God has changed. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so uh, my, my walls may show up one day, but God, that means God is going to be there with me. And if we are there long enough, that's where a pit becomes deadly And where it becomes where dreams go to die is in a pit. 
But I believe that God has given us all dreams and promises and, and unanswered prayers. And uh, we got we to gotta make sure we're not sitting in the pit and putting those things in the pit. But no, we're going to keep bringing them before the Lord. Keep reminding the Lord, hey, I haven't seen this happen yet. But hey, I'm not by the river of living water yet. But hey, I'm still going to keep on praying. I'm still believing that uh, God is not finished with me yet. That these walls are not going to be become my prison. But I, this is just a temporary place and get my way out of this. Joseph, the, uh, the, the subject of our text, was number 11 of 12 brothers. That obviously gives us a, a picture of the pecking order uh, where he stood. Uh, and yet God gave number 11 a dream. He didn't give number one a dream, number two, three, number 10. He didn't give any of those a dream. He gave number 11 a dream. And so even as, uh, in this dream, even his father would, would bow down to, to him, to number 11, which doesn't make sense uh, back in those days of uh, hierarchy and uh, family heritage and traditions. And so uh, it doesn't matter who you are or where you fall in line in your family. God is the dream giver, and God can give, a, give you a dream that surpasses what everyone else thinks about you. And that's, uh, we're not here to worry about what they think. Uh, if God gave me the dream, that's who I'm going to talk to it about. That's who I want to find his appreciation and, and what, what he thinks about it. If God hasn't given that dream to somebody else, how do we expect them to understand that or appreciate it or, or believe in that or get behind it? If God's given you something, then he's going to do something in you with that. And so one day, number 11 is going to check on his brothers. And we see that uh, as he is afar off, they are conspiring against him to slay him. And they said one another, behold, this dreamer cometh. Here comes that churchgoer. Here comes that person who, who's living for God and just can't talk, can't shut up about Jesus. Here, here comes that people, uh, those people who are, who are always talking to us and trying to get us to go to church. Here they come. It, it's sad, but it's true that sometimes family can be some of the, our worst enemies. You know, it's uh, here Joseph's brothers are, are conspiring to kill him. Uh, they want to kill those dreams, and they want to throw that dreamer into a pit. And uh, they said, we will see what will become of those dreams. And so you don't want to be in a pit very long because the pit is where a lot of things go to die. And so uh, if you're in a pit right now, uh, don't give up. Just keep on believing because I believe God has a purpose in, for that in your life. And God's going to show himself strong as long as we begin to keep worshiping God and keep looking up, keeping our eyes on him. Uh, that's where our focus needs to be is on God. And so in the pit is where hope is lost. In the pit is all you see are walls of discouragement. And you really can't see the future because you're, you're stuck in that moment, in that pit, in that valley. And you're not really sure how to get yourself out. And uh, as the pit erodes away, it erodes your dreams away, your, your hopes away, and all of God's plans for you seem to go uh, by the wayside. As if you allow uh, the pit to uh, 
uh, eat away at your faith and work against what God is trying to do in your life. And so um, Jeremiah 29 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So God has a future for you. God has plans for you. Those are plans to prosper. There are good plans. There are plans to give you hope. And they are not for you to live in a pit. Uh, They're not for you to stay in that that situation, that draw, uh, that uh, dreary, uh, dark situation. But God's got brighter things in store for you as long as we continue to worship God and to keep looking to him because that's where our answers are going to come from. There are dreams and visions that you may not have had come to pass yet. Dreams or visions of revival and and dreams and visions of backsliders coming home and, and dreams and visions of family members coming through those church doors serving God. Well, if they're not, if they're not here yet, it's no reason to get discouraged. It's just keep on believing. Hey, that day, that means that day's coming soon and very soon. They're going to be coming through those doors and it's all going to be worth it, isn't it? To see them here worshiping God, crying out to God, dancing before the Lord. All the weight in the world is going to be worth it as long as we continue to believe that uh, God is going to do something in our life and keep praying and worshiping God for that to happen. But we can easily turn to the pit and say, well, they haven't been here. Well, where are they? they they're not answering my call. They're not responding uh, it can easily shift to that, and uh, your mindset can shift, and once that happens, that's where things begin to change in your life. Uh, and so we all uh, go through pits, and we uh, all may be in a pit right now, uh, but we have to understand that that is just going to be temporary in the eyes of God, that somehow God is going to work it out. Uh, these things haven't happened yet. God's answer to my prayer hasn't come yet. Uh, but so there needs to be uh, an uplifting in my life and, 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 and a deliverance from this situation, a, a divine intervention. And if there's a, a hand here today that can reach down and lift you up, God can bring you out of your situation. No matter how strong the enemy has a grip on you, our God is greater. Our God can deliver you from any type of a addiction, any type of sin, any type of bondage where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there's able, God has the power to lift you out of that place today and to begin setting you on a new course. No matter how far you are from God or how far you are out of the hand of God, it doesn't matter what type of pit you're in, God can deliver you out of that. A pit of despair, God can lift you out. A pit, a pit of fear, God can lift you up. A pit of heaviness or maybe a pit of, of sickness and, and pain. God is a healer. He can heal you and deliver you from that. Or a pit of discouragement, God can give you a fresh touch today, a fresh outpouring of hope and of love and of joy. That is found in the Holy Ghost and the presence of God. So don't let the pit take those things away from you. All it takes is for us to turn our attention to God, take our eyes off the walls around us, take our eyes off the dark situations, 
if things haven't gone our way, we can easily get discouraged and, and become woe is me. And, and uh, 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 that begins the spiral of, of downward uh, into darkness. But that's where not God has called his people to be, his children. He's called us uh, to be uh, in the mountaintop. Uh, a, a, a city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. We are called to be that light and to shine in the darkness. Uh, and so we don't need to be discouraged with what is going on, but God is going to be there to help us out. Psalms 40 and 2 says, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Out of a miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. How many people can relate to that type of, that verse right there? Where God, he literally lifted you up out of that situation, out of that pit of sin. If he can pull you out of the stronghold of sin, he can bring you out of what you're going through right now. Whatever type of darkness or, or pit it is, come on, if he did that for you, he can still do it again, and he's there to deliver and help you out of your situation because is there anything that is too hard for God there's nothing that is too hard for God but yet sometimes we get we fall into a pit and all of a sudden we feel like this is just we, we can't get out what was me how did this happen to me and um, what, what happened to the, th- to the verse there's nothing too hard for God is there anything too hard for God but yet your pit says he can't reach you down here you're down here too far that, that you failed God too many times. Uh, I'm here to tell you that that pit is full of lies. The pit is full of defeat and disappointment and discouragement. Why would I listen to any of those voices? I'm going to listen to the voice of my Savior, the one who pulled me out of that pit before, the one who lifted me up and turned my life around, and that's who I'm going to listen to. We all end up in a pit at some point. Whether we fall into it or we get pushed into it by the enemy or maybe our family pushes us in it or maybe we climb in it because we condemn ourselves and we beat ourselves up too much and so we just climb into the pit on our own doing. You beat yourself up for failures or shortcomings or broken promises or broken commitments and what happens is you you put yourself in the pit but I'm here to declare to you today that God has not called us to be in that pit forever, but God has a higher place for us, and he wants to lift us up there. He wants to do a lifting in your spirit today, bring us out, bring up there, up on the mountaintop with him, uh, because that's where we are called to be. Job, Job experienced a dark pit for a long time. It's at least that's what it seems like. Uh, most of the book of Job, uh, and it got very dark there. Even his closest friends uh, told him that, you know, you deserve to be here. You did something wrong in this pit, and uh, uh, but uh, Job was destined to uh, hold his tongue, not to say the wrong thing, and, and, and to continue to, to, to worship God, um, and, and to know that God is, uh, God is in control, 
that no matter what happens, God is ultimately in control. And that's what we have to understand. Like they, these pits, these things that show up in our life, they're not just come kind of black holes that just show up and God is not aware of them. No, God knows of every pit out there and he knows who is in a pit and he's, he's there to help deliver you and, and be there for you, to comfort you. And maybe it's a lesson that we're trying, God's trying to learn for us. That we need to learn from that. And uh, again, uh, pits can be all over the place. But know that if we are in one and you're in one, it's not destined to be permanent, but it's just temporary. We're just passing through. Uh, and so uh, what happened was is that Joseph was thrown into the pit. But thankfully he wasn't in there for very long. Um, but uh, we see that uh, Reuben... Reuben convinces brothers to not to kill him, uh, so that's a good start. Thankfully for that, thank you for the older brother to, to have some common sense. Uh, but um, he didn't kill him, thankfully. But it, still, you're left in the pit, so that's still a pretty bad situation. Uh, but at least you're not dead, right? You got to count your blessings. At least you're not dead. You can you can be six feet under in that type of pit, and 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 but but we're not. We're still here. We're alive. That means God is still active in our life and doing something in us. And we got to allow Him this process to work in us so that we can see what God is trying to do. Genesis 37 and 26. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it? If we slay our brother and conceal his blood, come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let uh, our, uh, not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and our brethren, uh, his brethren were content. And then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen. They drew up and lifted Joseph out of the pit, and they sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And then they brought him uh, into the pit. And so at least you have... Uh, another brother who said, well, let's not leave him here. Let's make some money off of him, you know. Let's just sell him into slavery and, and we can make some money. Uh, and, and that way we're not, our, our, our hands were innocent. We, we didn't leave him to die by our hand. We, uh, at least we made some money off of him, if that's any better or not. You know, that just, you know, Joseph's down there. I'm sure he's hearing all his brothers talking about this. Like, what, what does it do? Uh, uh, the voices that you hear in the pit are always not always going to be the best voices. Even when they're close friends or family uh, and they can speak uh, against what God is trying to do or discourage you to, 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 to turn from God or give up on God. But uh, it's amazing to see that all through all this, and we know the end of Joseph's life, but uh, somehow he maintained his walk with God. Somehow he didn't get bitter at God through all this. He didn't really get bitter at his family. Somehow he found a way to get out of his pit, even though he ended up in another pit, and in another pit, and another pit. Uh, he still kept his eyes on God, and that's what we need to make sure. We're, we're not looking at the walls, but we're worshiping God through whatever situation, because that really is the only way out of it. That really is the best outcome for us to, get out of the situation is to worship God and to keep our eyes and faith in him. And so Judah was the one that arranged for him to get out of the pit. And uh, as we know, uh, Judah means praise. And, and so uh, it is said that uh, praise is the way out of your pit. 
if we learn how to praise God in our situation, then our, the, the, the surroundings is not going to have an impact on us, right? That's what the devil's really after. He's after your praise. He's after your worship. And so a pitfall will come in your life to see, are you still going to praise God? Are you still going to lift up the name of Jesus? I'm here to tell you that, we're, God, we're a worshiper in church. We're no matter what's going on in our life. Hey, i got to come to the house of God. God's been too good to me. Even though I may have had a bad week, that doesn't mean I'm going to steal my praise or steal my worship. Even while I'm inside this pit, I'm going to be singing praises to God. I'm going to be worshiping him. I'm not going to let these walls uh, have a louder voice than me. No, I'm going to lift up my voice to the Lord and worship him uh, and let my enemy know, let my surroundings know that it's not going to have an impact on me. If the walls all of a sudden appear, and that doesn't mean uh, uh, our situation has changed and it may not be good for us at the moment, but that hasn't affected all the way God in heaven. My little wall, my little pit here on earth hasn't moved the throne of God somehow. It's not that powerful. We're not that special. Uh, but that's what the pit tries to convince us when we're down there and we've fallen. But, hey, uh, uh, I'm here to, to worship God in the pit and in the valley and on the mountaintop because that is where the battle is won is through our praise and worship. And I'm not going to let a rock take my place. No, God has been too good to me for me to be silent when all of a sudden things turn uh, for the worse. And it's really all of our perspective whenever we uh, get into a pit or a situation where the walls seem higher uh, than our God. Uh, it's really all about perspective because uh, complaining is not going to get you out of the pit. Complaining doesn't get you out. It doesn't do anything any good. Uh, we, we may feel good uh, for, by complaining, but uh, it does no good to our situation. It, it speaks more negativity, if anything, but somehow our flesh feels good. Why? Because our flesh is worn against our spirit, and our flesh likes to cry out, but hey, we got to remind our flesh, hey, you're not in control. I'm submitting, uh, crucifying my flesh, and I'm going to let the spirit of God speak into me to follow after the spirit. And so complaining is not going to get you out of the pit. Bitterness is not going to get you out of the pit. Bitterness lives in the pit. He lives in the pit, and, it, and making friends with bitter is not going to get you out of the pit. He's going to keep you in the pit. Uh, and, and condemnation's not going to get you out of the pit either. Beating yourself up is not going to help get you out of the pit. The only way that's going to get you out of the pit is looking up to the heavens and say, God, I need your help. I need a hand. I need a, an intervention. I, the moment we take our eyes off our pit, off of our problems, start looking to God and start worshiping God, that begins our way out of that pit and our situation. And it's not just a one-time uh, worship service. No, we got to be worshiping all the way out of that pit, all the way out of the situation. And really, there shouldn't be a time that we're not worshiping. Really, we, we, we should be able, uh, we should be coming here and we should be worshiping and, and, and everything looks fine. But really, uh, we're all going through something. Uh, 
but it shouldn't it shouldn't show off in our in our our worship. Well, they're not really worshiping today. Something must be going on. That shouldn't be like that. If you're in a pit, you should be the one say, "Hey, nothing's changed in my life. God hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm still gonna worship God. I'm still gonna praise God. Why? Uh, because it may be dark right now, but I I'm gonna be there, and God's gonna come and be my light and my deliverer. And so I'm not gonna let my situation determine if and if and how much I should praise and worship God. That means the external things have an impact on your soul. If the walls can tell you not to praise God, what is what is that what does that say? And if we listen to that, if, if all of a sudden it, it gets, it gets uh, we fall into a pit and we don't feel like worshiping God anymore, that means our external temporary situations affects the internal soul of, uh, of praise and worshiping God. And it shouldn't be like that. It, uh, whatever happens on the outside is I'm holding on the inside. The inside is where my hope is. The inside is where my joy is. That's where it comes. Joy comes from the presence of the Lord. And so uh, the outside, the pit walls are not going to steal my joy. I'm not going to let them steal my joy. I'm not going to let them steal my praise and my worship. That's why we have to keep looking up and keep worshiping God and not uh, worrying about the walls because eventually the walls will come down or you'll be lifted out. And so uh, when we get tired and we, we get weary, uh, we, we need to be waiting on Jesus to, to come and, and lift us out of that place. Uh, um, that's when you see the hand of God begin to come into your life and change things and, and an uplifting will occur. Because Isaiah 40 and 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. But what, what does it take for that? We got to be waiting on the Lord. And what happens in a pit is you can do a lot of waiting, so you might as well start waiting on the Lord. God's going to come. God's going to bring me out of this situation. God's going to heal me. God's going to deliver. God's going to show himself strong in my life. They that wait on the Lord are going to renew your strength. That's where your strength comes from is, is through praise and worship uh, because everything else is, drains you. Complaining and bitterness, all that drains you. But if you keep worshiping God, that's where your strength's going to come from. That's where your joy is going to come from. And when you're tired and you're weary, we should be waiting on the Lord because that's when he's going to come. He's going to renew your strength. You thought you were tired, you thought you were worn out, and you thought you could not go on, but then God shows up and you feel his presence and he, and he comes and he fills that place where you are inside that pit and then all of a sudden you get a strengthening. Hey, I'm back at it. The Lord's touched me. The Lord's lifted me up. He's given me something in my life and an uplifting occurs. He brought out of that pit of despair. When you get lost in his presence... Are you really paying attention to what's going on around you? So if you're really worshiping God, you can be in a pit and not even know it. 
and not the pit not even affect you because you're worshiping God all the time in the good times and the bad times. I make it a habit of, of worshiping God. If you do that, no matter what the day holds, hey, I'm still worshiping God today. If it's a dark day, hey, I'm still worshiping God. If it's a good day, I'm worshiping God. Hey, no matter what, the days may change, but uh, a true worshiper is not going to change. He's going to be worshiping God all the time. Psalms 37 and 34 says, Wait on the Lord, keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. And so, uh, again, waiting on the Lord. Uh, once you wait on the Lord and let him do it his timing and his way, then that exaltation, he lifts you up out of that situation, uh, and his uh, plan comes to pass in your life. And so we, we can't stay where we are at. We, we can't keep being stuck in a situation. We, we've got to get out. We've got to break out of it and say, I'm not staying here. Uh, I'm going to get myself out of this situation by worshiping the Lord. Sometimes we got to encourage ourselves in the Lord as David did. Sometimes there's nobody else around there. Uh, we can easily come here to church on Sunday and, and, and praise and worship and feel good, but a lot of times uh, the pitfalls happen when we're by ourselves. We got to learn how to encourage ourselves in the Lord because we may be in the pit by ourselves for a while. But hey, if you're a worshiper, it doesn't matter where you're at. I'm going to be praising God. I'm going to be lifting up the Lord. I, I bless you, God. I, I lift you. I exalt you. Why? You are the King of Kings and you're, you're going to get me out of this situation. Amen. So, musicians, if you would come, if you want to talk about being stuck in a pit, let me. Remind you about a lady who was in a pit for 12 years. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. Stuck in a pit for that long. She tried everything she could do to get out. But nothing ever worked out. She spent all the money she had on the best doctors and uh, the best medicines and uh, alternative medicines and homeopathic things and everything. That she tried everything, but she nothing can get her out of the pit. And uh, and so, what else can you do? But she heard that Jesus was coming by. And she said, this is my chance. This is my moment, my opportunity to get out of this pit. That if I can just reach up, uh, if I can just reach up and grab a hold of the hem of his garment, I don't need to touch his hand. I don't need to grab a, I don't need to hug him. I just need to get so close that I just touch his garment. And I, my faith is telling me that I'm going to be healed, that I'm going to be made whole, and I'll be lifted up out of this, this pit. And, and we know that that is exactly what happened. She crawled through the crowd, pushing her way there, finally got close enough and felt his presence and and touched his garment, and, and Jesus stopped everybody. Everyone was touching him, but all of a sudden, when she just touched his clothes, somebody touched me. 
Somebody was reaching out to me with faith and with a need, with desperation. Somebody was in a pit, and they were, all they could barely do was just barely reach up, and they, he touched me, and so God healed her, and that healing virtue flowed through her body and lifted that sickness right out of her, lifted up her out of that depression, out of that pit of despair, and it didn't matter how deep her pit was or that dark well was or those walls were, uh, a worship and Seeking the face of God and seeking him is what got her out of that pit. And so it doesn't matter what situation you are in, if you're in a pit of sickness or a pit of despair or a pit of fear or doubt or a financial pit or, or it doesn't matter what it is, the only way out is to get a hold of Jesus Christ. He has the answers for it all. He can meet each and every need. No need is too small or great. Our God is in control, and we got to worship our way out of, that, out of that pit and see what God has in store. But we see two other examples of people that are in a pit. Uh, one is named John the Baptist. The Bible describes him as the greatest of the prophets. There's nobody greater than him. And that's already setting the stage. I mean, it's, you know, he's got to be a man full of faith and uh all miracles, signs, wonders, all these things that he's doing and preparing the way of the Lord. I mean, uh, only one person gets to do that, and John was chosen. So there's nobody greater than him. I mean, and 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 what God, what John saw, John baptized Jesus. Only one person got to baptize Jesus, and that was John. Uh, he got to see the Spirit come down as a dove. He got to hear the voice of God shout down from heaven. I mean, talk about the things that John experienced and, and what he saw. I mean, uh, sure, we can understand why Jesus said there's nobody greater than John. But there came a day where John fell in a pit. And he began to focus on the walls a little too much as opposed to focusing on Jesus. And he sent his disciples to say, go, go tell Jesus, say, are, you, are you the Messiah? Or should we be looking for somebody else? I don't really think that that's what John's voice was really saying. I think that's what the voice of the walls were saying. Is that really Jesus? Because you're in here, you're, you're in a prison, John. And whether you know it or not, you're about to be uh, executed. But the walls are always going to attack your faith if you let it. And so the greatest of the prophets is there questioning, are you really Jesus? Are you really the Messiah? Even after all that I've seen and experienced, when John fell into his pit, he began to question things. And what did Jesus say? He says, the blind see, the deaf ears. Uh, he said, all these, all these prophecies that have been spoken about in the Old Testament, they are coming to pass as a sign of, of, of the Messiah. And blessed are those who are not offended in me. And so uh, he tells them, hey, uh, what, what have you seen? Don't, don't listen to the walls, John. Uh, listen back to what you have seen and experienced. Listen to your faith. Listen to what you, what you saw me 
do and, and to hear the testimonies of what, what I am doing. That's what you need to be listening to, the voice of the Lord, not the voice of the walls, uh, because uh, the voice of the walls will begin to, que begin to question your faith, cause you to question, saying, I shouldn't be in here. I'm a child of God. I shouldn't be in this prison. Uh, uh, if John knew what Jesus said, I'm the greatest of the prophets. Why should I be in here? And so we can either listen to the walls or we can listen to the voice uh, of God who's going to say, uh, I'm going to be there with you, that you are not alone in that situation. I, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to bring you out of that. Uh, and so uh, we're not going to look to the walls. We're going to look to Jesus Christ because that's where our mind and attention needs to be. If you stand with me today, the other, the other story is again of more disciples that were in a pit. These disciples, we got Paul and Silas as an example. They fell into a pit, thrown into a pit. But yet, they didn't listen to the voice of the walls like John did. Bible says about midnight they just said hey we're just going to start praising and worshiping God because even though our situations change it doesn't change who we are it doesn't change uh, the Holy Ghost inside of us it doesn't change our God uh, and so we're not going to listen to the walls but we're just going to worship God because he is worthy uh, no matter what is going on in my life uh, I may be suffering but God is still worthy he is still on the throne and so we see uh, Paul and Silas praise and worshiping God and what happened uh, their walls literally came down and so you never know what can happen when you start praising God in your pit because uh, that's the right response but that's the response that the devil does not want you to have because he knows that there's power in your praise and in your worship uh, and so that wasn't even Paul's first pit Paul's Paul was in many pits. He got to see many walls in his life, many dark times. But yet somehow we see through Scripture that they, they never really got to him. He kind of stayed above the walls, even though he was in prison many times and beaten many times. He didn't listen to the walls but he was listening to Jesus and, and so you can either listen to what your surroundings are saying or you can begin to speak life in this situation speak goodness and speak joy and, and speak praises to God because once you get God in there everything really now changes it's not just you and the wall it's you and God in the wall and that changes everything the formula changes everything and so believe it or not Paul from his pits wrote most of the New Testament the letters that you and I read for encouragement and, and strengthening how God can do anything and God is a deliverer and he's a healer and he's lifter up. Those are the words that Paul wrote while he was in a pit. 
And so you can either allow the pit to, to discourage you and to eat away and erode your faith, or you can be in the pit saying, praising God and worshiping God. Hey, uh, God's not going to leave me here, or God can heal you, or God can deliver you. Speak a word of faith in your situation and let God begin to work in you and through you uh, because God has not called us to that final place. God has called us to be with him. Ephesians 2 and 1, it says, You hath he quickened, we're dead in trespasses and sins. What do you think? We're reading the letters that Paul wrote while he's in prison. This is what he's writing. He doesn't write, Roe with me, and uh, I hope you guys make it. Doesn't look like I'm going to make it. No. You who he hath quickened, were dead in trespasses and sin. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ Jesus, for by grace are ye saved, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That sounds like a final resting place right there. That sounds like where we are called to be, to sit with Jesus in heavenly places. And so if you're sitting in a pit right now, you have to understand what the Bible says. The Bible says you're not going to be destined there, but you're going to the heavenly places. That's where we're going to be, the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's where we belong. And that is a place of power and authority. We don't belong in a pit, but there is a seat for us in the heavens, a seat where we can bind the devils in Jesus' name, the place where we can rebuke those spirits that try to keep us down and keep us in the pit. Uh, in the pit. And that the heavenly places is, is where we have the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And so that is where God wants to lift you up to. That is where we are called to be, seated with him in heavenly places. Because we are not called to be in the pit. The only one that is destined to be in the pit is when Satan gets thrown into that bottomless pit. That's where, that's the pit where he's gonna be. We're, we're not destined for that, we're destined for the heavens. And so uh, I wanna open up these altars today that uh, those of you who, who might be going through things, uh, a dark situation, or maybe you feel like you're in a pit and, and the walls uh, seem like they keep on getting bigger. It's not the time to give up or not the time to complain or get bitter, but now's the time to step out and say, hey, I'm going to worship God like I'm not even in the pit. Why? Because it doesn't matter. If I'm worshiping God, my surroundings don't matter. And so we are worshipers at heart, and that is what he's called us to do, to come and worship God. So let's come and worship the Lord. Let's worship him like we're not even there. Let's worship him like we've been healed. Let's worship him like we've already been delivered because he has the power to do that and we have to respond to that. Come on, God wants to do something in your life today. How are we going to respond? Are we going to 
up the name of Jesus. Are we going to cry out to him? That's the only, only way out. God, you know where I'm at. Come on, what is it that you need from God? Worship is going to win your battle tonight. place today.
we're not alone, that we have the victory through Jesus Christ, that we're not going to be defeated, that we're going to be victorious. No matter what comes our way, we have the victory through Jesus, through the Holy Ghost. We don't have the power or the might to do it, but it's by His Spirit that we are able to become victorious and allow Him to work in us and through us. If that means we fall into a pit sometimes, uh, don't get discouraged. God's going to get you out of that because He's called you to the heavenly places, right? Uh, And not to be settled for that. The problem is the pit of complacency is that your pit becomes so big you just you kind of move in there and you're happy where they, where you're at you know you don't want to get out you don't want things to change it it's not necessarily bad in your mind but it really is if you're still in a pit in a place of complacency you're not going to have a desire to change and a desire to go higher but you want to settle for that but God has not called us for that we don't need to be lukewarm but we need to be on fire for God uh, not giving in to uh, desires of this flesh and this world. Uh, we want to please God in all that we do. And by worshiping God, like we do here together, do that during the week. I mean, then, then it doesn't matter what happens, right? Because we're with God and worshiping Him. Amen. God bless you all today.